Get your Bibles ready and let's study together as we listen to today's broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, welcoming you to this Bible study program made possible by the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been teaching a series on heavenly authority. After looking in depth at the Old Testament priests and Levites, he has been examining what the Levitical system means to us today in New Testament times. We've looked at the high priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we've seen how he is the tabernacle and temple of God. And we studied how the perfect sacrifice he made on the cross alone provides us with eternal life and access into the tabernacle of heaven. Last time, Pastor showed that because of Jesus, because we believe and are his children, we too are made priests to God and a temple for his Holy Spirit. And he began to speak about our service as such. Now let's pick up the Sunday sermon where we left off. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, it's by the mercy, by the sacrifice, by the gift we don't deserve of Jesus' atonement, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We ought to know the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. The secrets of the kingdom of God are given to us, Jesus said. We're to know the mind of Christ, but we have to offer ourselves. We have to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice and let Jesus renew our minds and let Jesus soften our hearts, open our hearts, purify our bodies. We must become as a living sacrifice. We are the dwelling place of God. We are his priests and we must offer ourselves to be changed because of the tender mercy we have in Christ Jesus. And like the Levites, remember we studied the Levites, how they would offer song and worship in the temple. David established certain groups to offer psalms. Well, in Hebrews, which we read last week, if you go to the end of Hebrews in chapter 13, it says in verse 15, Therefore, by him, by his spirit, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. We offer ourselves living sacrifices, we offer him to change us, renew us, and then we're to offer the sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving, the fruit of our lips, to speak, to worship, to give thanks, to tell others about the Lamb of God to serve as priests in the kingdom, to speak with our mouth and continually give praise to God and to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Consider now some of the adjectives 
we've seen when we read last time from the book of Hebrews and we read today from 2 Corinthians about this new covenant as compared to the old covenant. This glorious, more glorious, unchangeable, a more excellent ministry. Remember these from last time? Eternal, not temporary, not passing away. This is a new covenant compared to the old covenant. More glorious, more perfect, better promises, a better hope, a better covenant, perfected forever, the liberty, the freedom of the Spirit. And how many ways, that's just a summary, there was more, we read it. How many ways to express the superiority and the excellence in the reality of the new contract in Jesus versus the shadows, the illustrations of the old Levitical contract. The reality in Jesus versus the old Levitical contract, which was a shadow of the more superior which came in Christ Jesus. And yet, even though we have this Bible telling us about the superiority of the new covenant, and yet, in Christian history, in both organized, traditional religion, and in the cults that come off of Christianity, there is a great push to return to a mock type of Leviticus with temple practices, with temple ceremonies, sanctuary ceremonies, formulations, and even a separated priesthood. And it's happened over and over in Christian history. Why does this happen when the new covenant, the freedom of the new covenant, is so much more glorious than the glory that passed away and what God truly established in the Levitical priesthood? He has not established these new priesthoods, these new formulations. If the new covenant was so much more glorious than the old, why is there this push to always try to go back on the ceremonies and the priesthood and temple practices? Well, one, you know, in so doing, there's much less of the gospel message, right? So it's a deception of the enemy in part. Satan doesn't want people to know the salvation in Christ Jesus. So if you fill it up with enough ceremony, enough tradition, the gospel message is lost, the freedom and liberty and the Holy Spirit is lost, and we lose sight of the better way. So Satan is very happy because people don't know the salvation of being born again in Christ Jesus. And you can be rest assured that the devil has placed his hand on Christianity, always trying to make it go off the path of the pure, simple gospel of Jesus Christ. I think partly it happens because of the traditions of men just building up over the years. We talked about the love of rituals which people have. We spoke about that. And those rituals can build up tradition upon tradition. Men and women love tradition until the traditions are devoid of the spirit. So much is laid on that whatever symbolism the tradition might have had, in reality, just kind of goes. The spirit goes out and all you're left is the trappings of the tradition. Also, some people are aware that because of their sins, some human beings are aware that their sins place them very far away from God, that God is holy, and that 
that apart from being born again, there's a great gulf between themselves and God, and that's true. And they try again in religion to place layers up between them and God. Layers that are no longer needed. Those successive layers in the tabernacle into the presence of God are not needed anymore. They're not needed if the good news is received. But they see the distance between themselves and God. The layers are put up between them and God. An intercessor, a human intercessor is placed in there like the high priest. And the rituals are established as a way to work oneself back to God. And there's a lot of works being done, right? A lot of works being performed, somehow trying to satisfy the distance. First of all, the layers are placed in in recognition of the distance. The gospel is not received fully, which would take that distance and tear it asunder, even as a veil was torn apart in the temple. So all that's left are the rituals, the intercessor, and the works trying to work oneself back to God in recognition of the separation, recognition that we can't enter the presence of God. We can't be bold. We don't have the freedom because there's no knowledge of the mercy in the new covenant. And so it's as though they're back under some type of old covenant to deal with the gap created by their sins. They're missing the whole point of Jesus' sacrifice, the gospel, his high priesthood, and the fact that he is the only mediator between God and men. And there are others, I think, who just love rituals as a form of godliness. It's not so much that they see themselves as sinners and they can't approach God and they don't know the new covenant, the new contract that gives them freedom to come into the throne room of God. Rather, they think they're very good. And they like the busyness they like the form of godliness. They like all the ceremonies and rituals because they feel they're religious. They appear as religious. Look how good I am. I've done this. I've done that ceremony. And if you said to them, have you given your life to Jesus? Have you accepted him as your savior? They may say, don't tell me about those things. I'm a good religious person. I go to church. I do this. I do that. And they love all the splendor of the rituals because it makes them feel how good they are. But it's a false goodness. But now, in truth, we worship Christ in spirit and in truth and under the new covenant, not in ritual observances. In John chapter 4, in verse 21, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, not even in the temple, worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, he said to the Samaritan. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Not in ritual observances. Doesn't matter on this mountain or in Jerusalem. The hour is coming where the true worshipers, he said, now is. For the moment of the foundation of the believers in Christ Jesus. They could be at the Sea of Galilee. They could be walking outside the temple. They could be on a boat going to Cyprus. 
going to Greece, going to Rome. They could be in the far corners of the earth. They didn't need a building, didn't need a tabernacle, didn't need priests, didn't need sacrifices. They had all those things in more glorious fashion up in the heavenlies. Christ Jesus himself, their high priest, they worshiped God in spirit and in truth, not in ceremonies, not in rituals. And this tendency to try to go back under some pseudo-Levitical system and some reconstructed legal system or law based on tradition has a direct impact on the entire question of authority. And we'll discuss that, Lord willing, next time. Father, we thank you for the glory of the new covenant. Father, help us not to forget who we're supposed to be in you. Help us see ourselves clearly, the image that you have where we are to become in Christ Jesus as we allow you to dwell in us, Father, as we allow you to change us, as we offer ourselves living sacrifices. Father God, change us, restore us, renew us. Give us the new life in Christ Jesus, we pray. Make us faithful priests and kings unto you. And Father, give us a clear vision of the glory we will have someday in your presence. And we will not keep our sights on this world, nor think like the people in this world, but be renewed by the restoration of our minds to the glory of your covenant in Christ Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. If you would like to write to us or feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle's Sunday service is at 10 a.m. at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Join us next time for Shir Jashub.